This is Pastor Chadwick King. I hope you enjoy the ministry of God's Holy Word today provided by the Promise Center Media Ministry. Please share this lesson or sermon with your friends and family. And may the Lord bless you. We've been in a sermon series called You Asked For It on Easter Sunday. We had about 1,200 people uh, come through this house in five different services, and we were able to preach the gospel, the good news, and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. But we also took a survey and, and got your feedback on some questions that maybe have been in your heart, questions that you'd like answered. And so we went through a couple of those. And then last week, we took this week's subject and taught on the will of God. And then, and then uh, last week's subject, we are moving to this week. Uh, but there is going to be a little bit of a change, and I'm going to be just forthright with you. This subject that we've been, that I've been getting into and studying, it's like it's like those those boxes, you know, the Tupperware that once you take it out, it's like you can't get it back in. It's like how did that fit? And so you're taking it out, and there's so much information, and it really, really to do it justice, it's going to be like a sermon series, and to really make the impact that it deserves. And I think the question that even the community are asking, it's going to be something that's very highly focused for people who are, who are not church, don't go to church, and really us partnering together to answer some of the questions that people are having about if there is a God, then why? Why is there evil? Why are there so many religions? Why is there this book that, how can we trust it? And so what we've discovered, what I've discovered this last, uh, this last week or two is like this is something special. And I don't want to just teach it from here, but I want to teach it from here in the right time. So are you okay with that? Are you okay if we push the pause button on that? And so, thank you. I think that was a yay. All in favor, yay? yay. All opposed? No, we don't care. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, so, so today I want to kind of do a part two to last week. Last week we talked about the will of God. And then the follow-up question that was like very relevant was, okay, we talk about the will of God. I want to know the will, the will of God. It's important to know the will of God. But the follow-up question really is then, okay, how do I hear from God? I'll do His will, but I want to hear from God. How many, how many here want to hear from God? Like, it'd be so awesome to, like, hear God speak to you, right? Okay, here's the next question. How many here in this room, you will say, I've heard from God before. God has spoken to me. We've got many hands. Awesome. And then some of you are like, oh, they're one of those people. You know, you're like moving over. So here's the thing, don't judge, don't judge. I want to I prove to you today um, in, in, in just a few minutes, and again, the whole sermon is not about proving that God speaks, but I want to I really lean in with you on this idea that like God is still speaking. Like Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's our bread. That's our spiritual substance. It's God's word. And the other day, my, my son came to me and said, hey, I was talking to a, a, a guy, and he, he's a teacher, and he, he said that God doesn't speak anymore. Like, God's done speaking. Once the Bible, the canon was put together, that, that God just stopped speaking. Dad, is that true? I feel like God has spoken to me before. And I said, I said son, let, let's walk this narrative through. We're saying that God, you know, it was community. From the beginning, within the nature of God and, and, and conversation community. Then we're talking about God in community with Adam and Eve. And then we're talking about God with Abraham. Then we're talking about uh, God speaking with Moses and the prophets and the kings. And then Jesus comes and, and, and essentially the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 1, that God speaks through Christ. And, and, and so uh, we have that. And then we have the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts speaking, speaking, speaking. Now the Bible's put together. And after the crescendo of the cross and, and the resurrection and, 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 and God making it possible for us to have a relationship with him, now God is like, Silent. 
That makes no sense to the narrative of the scripture. In fact, in the very last book of our Bible, the book of Revelation, you know what the Bible says? The theme of the book of Revelation, you know what it is? It's not, oh my goodness, there's these beasts that come out of the water and there's this four-faced thing and there's this antichrist and the mark of the beast. Here's the theme that's all through the book of Revelation. Let he that has an ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Let he that has an ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. This is of the utmost importance that we as the church, as the body of Christ, are able to hear what God is saying. And there's a lot of people who have, who have put a, per, a certain perspective on God, and your perspective has boxed you in and in some ways boxed God in because Jesus said this, according to your faith, let it be unto you. So if you see God as a God who's mute and doesn't speak and he's aloof and he's far off, then to you, that's what he will be. That's how you'll perceive him and that's what your faith opens up to you. But if you believe that God is interested in you and cares about you and wants to have fellowship with you and wants to speak, then that faith will open the doors in your ears to be able to hear. Perception is so powerful. In fact, I'll give you an example of perception. How many here live in Roner Park? We got any Roner Park people? We got Roner Park, Roner Park, Roner Park. Got a few hands. All right. Thank you for commuting five exits to come here. I know some of you are like, Roner Park's so far away. I grew up in Houston. My, my, my church was 35 miles away in Houston traffic, and it was, uh, we walked both ways uphill in the snow. Not really, just kidding. But it was, you know, it wasn't, it, it was a long trek, and, and uh, so Roner Park's not far. But anyways, uh, Roner Park, many of you know this that are in Roner Park, and some of you probably know this that don't live in Roner Park, but the police and the firemen are the same. Do you know that? That's kind of cool. Like, they're like, you can be a policeman if you need to be a policeman. You can be a fireman if you need to be a fireman, but they're the same. So the policemen and firemen are the same in Runner Park. And so one of the, the officers there, he said, it's so interesting that when I go out and I'm, I'm in my police uniform, how people treat me versus when I go out and I'm in my fireman uniform, how they treat me, a firefighter uniform. Pretty, pretty amazing, just the perspective. He said, when I go out in my police uniform, everyone's like, you know, they grab the kids, and they're like, what did I do? Don't look at them. Don't look them in the eye. But the firefighter, they're like, hey, go up and give the firefighter a hug. He saves us. <laughs> same guy, same name, same heart, different perspective, right? And so your perspective about God can determine your assumption will determine your consumption, what you're able to receive from God. So is God a speaking God? Does God still speak today? Now, I want to ask this question. If you've heard from God, and we had many hands that went up and you said, yeah, I've, I've heard God, and maybe it wasn't audible, but you've heard God speak to you. God's spoken to you in different ways. How many here would say, I've, I've heard God speak, but I want to hear him again? I want to hear him again. So you're, it's not just like, I heard God once, I'm good. Done. Because if we're honest with ourselves, our prayer, our worship, many times feels one-sided. You ever like been praying and then you're like, man, I've said a lot of things. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever been in a conversation where it was one-sided and the person just, it was a person who just loved to talk? 
and then about five to ten minutes of them telling you about like how their cat got lost and their neighbor who they really don't like who several years ago parked in their driveway da 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 and you're just like and pretty soon before you know it you're just like over you're like somewhere else and you're just nodding mm-hmm, mm, mm. you just get good mm, mm-hmm. and then before you know it you've you've agreed to take them to the airport at four in the morning you didn't even realize that you're just like mm-hmm sure you know. Because you're, well, yeah, and, and, and so sometimes with God, we're just, dit, 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 dit. we're talking, we're talking, and, and I wonder if God's like, okay, are you almost done? Let me, can I, oh, okay, all right, they're in tongues now, awesome, okay, all right, oh, oh, now we're praying for the cats and the dogs, all right, okay, good, let's, oh, and, and I, I'm not making light of prayer, but I, I really am interested in this idea that what if we should do just as much listening as talking? I mean, do you, do you realize the power of the word of the Lord? Like when, when God speaks, like the darkness turns to light. Like God's spirit moved into the emptiness in Genesis 1, and he said, let there be light. Boom, light. Like, God can't lie because if he did lie, which he wouldn't lie, but if he did, it wouldn't be a lie because as soon as he said it, it would be true. Like, God's, there's so much power in his word. Like, remember, Jesus is like, hey, I'll meet you on the other side. And he pushes the disciples out on the boat, and they're in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. And guess what? A storm comes. Now, they forgot the word that they would make it to the other side. They're in the middle of the storm. Jesus comes walking by. The Bible says he would have passed them by. He's walking on the sea. There he is. Jesus is walking by. They're over there. And Peter's like, ah, screaming. And he's like, I think that's Jesus. Jesus. And Jesus is like, oh, my goodness. These guys are never going to get it. Not really. but. And so he's like, I'd rather be with you than with these guys. Let me, let me walk to you. And Jesus says, come. And that one word was enough power for Peter to step out of the boat and walk on the water. In fact, I would say this, G, that, that Peter did not walk on the water. Peter walked on the word that Jesus spoke. You can't walk on water, but it was the word. When Jesus said, come to me, guess what? That was the power. That word was the ability for him to go out to Jesus and defy the laws of nature. That's the power of the word of God. So we can't, we don't need to repel it. We don't need to run from it. We need to embrace it. I'm not talking about the crazy kind of embracing it. I know that there's people who, oh, God told, yeah, God told me, God, you know, and it's just like, it's kind of like throwing in your face. And I get that, but that's not a reason to, to push away from this. That's not a reason, just because people abuse something, right? People, people um, drive recklessly in their vehicle, but I don't see anybody protesting cars, right? Like most of us, like still are okay with using automobiles, right? Like people misuse stuff, but that doesn't mean that we're to stop doing what God has called us to do, all right? Does that sound good? So we don't want that to be like our modus operandi, like we respond by going to the other extreme, okay? There's always gonna be hiccups and mess-ups whenever you deal with anything, especially in the kingdom and especially with stretching new muscles and learning how to hear and walk in faith, okay? Sound good? All right, so here we go. I'm going to give you a couple things here. I'm going to give you um, four reasons, four kind of big ideas and big reasons that people do not hear God's voice. 
okay? It's not that you, it's not that God's not speaking. Maybe, maybe we need to take inventory and look and ask the question, maybe there's something in me, something I'm doing, maybe there's something about my posture toward God that's inhibiting me from hearing what God is saying. For instance, do you know that in this room right now, there are all kinds of waves going through. There's radio waves and beta waves. There's all kinds of waves that are moving through this room. If you have the right apparatus, you can catch those waves, whether it's radio, catch those waves, and the speakers can magnify what is in those waves, the information. Same thing with, you know, you can have a screen at your home with a surround sound and say, I want to watch, watch dish television or direct TV. There's a but if you're not, you don't have the dish, you're not going to connect with that, with those waves and get that information. So my, my prayer today is that we can get the dish hooked up or maybe get it fixed so we can start connecting with what God's saying. He's saying it. We're just not catching it. We're just not getting it. Is this okay with everybody? Okay. We're not in the twilight zone because some of you are like, what kind of church am I in right now? Okay. You're going to be all right. Okay, the Lord said so. No, I'm just kidding. That was a, but, but you're going to be all right. First, the first reason that people don't hear from God, the first reason is people choose not to hear. This is the first and foremost. People choose not to listen. Exodus chapter 19 and 5. I, wanna, I want you to see what God has offered these Hebrews that are becoming a nation, the nation of Israel. Exodus 19 and 5. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests. What does that mean? It means a people who know me, who can stand in my presence, who can hear my voice. You will be my representatives to the world. Priests. So God wants to have a relationship, not a transactional relationship, but a transformational relationship with the people, not just as a nation, but as individuals. You will be priests. And then the Bible says this in Exodus 20, the next chapter, watch how they respond to this offer. Watch how they respond. Exodus 20 and 18, the next chapter, after God has said, you're going to be priests, we're going to commune together, we're going to be in relationship together. Verse 20, uh, uh, chapter 20, verse 18, when the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and smoke, they trembled with fear, they stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen but do not have God speak to us or we will die this is what they decided they begin, they decided to substitute having a personal relationship with God to Moses why don't you hear from God and then just tell us what he said and this is what we call religion i would just rather somebody else just tell me what to do and so we get all these rules, we get all these regulations, because I'd rather, I don't want to hear from God. Like, I can't, you know, what, which decision should I make? I don't know. What does Pastor Chad say about this? What's the rule book? Pastor Chad says, no driving on the right lane, you know? We should drive on the left side. All right, that's what we will do. No wisdom, no conscience, just do what everybody else is doing. Essentially, what happens is there's a spirit in people that says, you know what? I want to regulate my spiritual life with my carnal mind. I'm going to take my carnal fleshly mind and I'm going to try to regulate my spirit life. 
And what we end up getting is religion and legalism. That's what legalism is. I'm going to regulate my spirit life with my carnal mind. I'm going to make carnal decisions and say, oh, yeah, this makes sense. It's like, Pastor, should, should I have a TV or not have a TV? Well, for somebody who can't control it, uh, you, you should have the conviction and God can say, you know what, you probably, shouldn't, you probably should get rid of that television. And to somebody else who has perfect self-control, man, you can have seven of them, okay? I'm not going to tell you whether to have a TV or not, right? Well, uh, every, everyone should be impoverished and, and give all their goods. No, you may be in a season of generosity and giving that God has you in, but somebody else may be in a season of saving and reaping. You see what I'm saying? When we start regulating everybody, we start making everybody cookie cutter. They look the same, they talk the same, they act the same, and church becomes very funky and weird because it's based on rules and not the rhema living word of God. Isn't that the goal? We want to hear from God. Not, hey, when I was 14, I saw this program and I thought it would be good to put some rules together for you. And we're all serving rules and we've substituting We've substituted that for knowing God personally. Does that make sense, everybody? I, I don't want you to substitute. Like you, you, you need to lean in with your decisions. You need to ask God and not, and not go back to the religious um, uh, quota. All right, number, number two. Number two, we don't perceive God is speaking. This is the second reason. God is speaking, but we don't perceive he is speaking. And one of the reasons is because God speaks in so many different ways. Job chapter 33 and 14. Watch this verse. Job 33 and 14. For God speaks in one way and in two. Thou man dost not perceive it. Wow. God's speaking. Like he's like, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll speak in the, 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 the lightnings and thunder and the earthquake. I'll speak in the still small voice. I'll send a dream. I'll send a vision. I, I'm a, I'll do whatever it takes to get your attention, but just don't do this. Don't try to put me in a box and say I only do it this way. God has many ways of speaking to his people, right? Even little Samuel, he's a little boy living in the, in the temple and, and Eli, the priest, who is partially backslid, hasn't heard from God. Samuel's hearing these, this voice, and it's different. And he actually thinks it's Eli. But it's not Eli. He's, he's not perceiving. Finally, like Eli's like, quit waking me up. Maybe it's God. Just say, Lord, your servant hears. But don't wake me up again. So Samuel's like, Lord, your servant. And the word of the Lord came to him, and when he responded... Man, the Bible says that Samuel, be, he was a prophet. Not one word fell to the ground. So God has a way of speaking. He's going to get your attention. And I'm okay with him speaking to you the way you need to be spoken to. All right? If God speaks to you um, with James Earl Jones' voice, <laughs> Mufasa, or Darth Vader, if God speaks to you in Darth Vader, I'm okay with that. Okay? <laughs> You are my son. You know, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. You know, and, and, and if God speaks to you like with a, with a Latin accent, I'm cool with that. Little Ebonics, I'm cool with that. Like, like, I've heard people be like, God told me he was like, God was like, yo, get up and get out of there. And I was like, yo, I'm out. I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with that. God, like, God's going to speak. 
He spoke to, to Peter. You know, he always used uh, fishing references because Peter had the mind of a fisherman. God is going to speak to you in your paradigm. Amen? Is that okay? So, but sometimes it's James Earl Jones for me. I still like that. Deep. All right. So I'm going to give you a couple ways that God speaks. A couple ways that God speaks. And these aren't all of them, but these are some big ways. At least for me, these are kind of the way that God speaks to me. So I'm going to give you these, and then we just don't have time to go through every way that God can speak. But I'll give you kind of the three big ones here. Uh, The first one is revelation of God's word. Now, this is a little bit different than just reading the logos, the reading just the word, the letter of the word. But this is the spirit of the word. And there's a difference. In Luke chapter 24 and 44, Jesus is about to ascend into heaven, and his disciples are still very slow at getting all this stuff. So he has to like accelerate it. He's like, okay, I'm going to give you a cheat here. Here's the the answers to the test. I need to speed this up, guys. I got to go. So Luke 24 and 44 says this. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that was written about me in the law of Moses. And the prophets and the Psalms, that's the Old Testament, okay? Law, prophets, and Psalms, that's the Old Testament. He said, all this was spoken about me. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. So for the first time, these scriptures that they had been reading their entire life, and now they've been with Jesus for three and a half years of ministry, and he's about to ascend. He's like, you're not getting it. Okay, let's do this. And they're like, oh, that makes sense. They got it. Because the Bible says Jesus is the spirit of revelation. So Jesus brings revelation. He takes the Logos word and he makes it come alive. Have you ever had that moment where that verse that you've read a million times, you read it that, 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 that one more time and it went, <gasps> that aha moment? Isn't that the best? You're like, this is amazing. Your kids are like, what are you doing? You're dancing. This is weird. Neighbors are going to see us. What's happening? You're like, yeah. I love it when God brings his word alive, okay? And, and there's so much life in the word because the, the logos is a seed, but in that seed is rhema. Inside of each scripture is this living word that wants to come alive. And the teacher of that word is the spirit of God that brings illumination. The Bible says the anointing that resides in you will teach you all things and is no lie. It doesn't mean that people can't teach. It doesn't mean you can't learn from others. What it means is, is you can get the information and you can be taught, but the only thing that's going to make it come alive and become relevant and understandable is the spirit that is processing it into your heart, which leads me to number two. The second way that God speaks to us is through the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit, let me say this, a couple things. The Holy Spirit is not an it, it's a he. We have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Talk and commune with the Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus said, watch this. He said that the Holy Spirit is going to tell you and speak to you all that it sees or all that he sees. Interesting. So the way that what's happening in the will of God, the mind of God, the purpose of God, Christ is up in heaven, the the physical body of Christ, Jesus is in the celestial realm right now standing and petitioning for you, and the Holy Spirit can see and is telling you all that's happening. 
God's intent, God's purpose. He sees the bends in the road. He sees the pothole ahead. He sees the full picture. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit has been given as a guide and a teacher. And here's the other thing the Holy Spirit does. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, we have a human spirit, different than the Holy Spirit. Our human spirit, before we're saved and born again and come to life, our human spirit is dead and dormant. When the Holy Spirit comes, the Bible says it's a quickening or life-giving spirit. Guess what happens? Our human spirit comes alive again and now is awakened to the kingdom, now is awakened to God. And so our, Holy, the, our spirit and the Holy Spirit are face-to-face. And so the Holy Spirit is communicating with our spirit. That's why you've probably heard people say, yeah, the Lord spoke to my heart. Well, that's just a, another way of saying the, the Spirit has spoke into my spirit. The, the Lord has impressed upon me. The Lord has given me an unction. God is going to speak to your spirit. No one can know the mind of God but the, the spirit of God. No one can know the mind of the man except the spirit of the man. It's the deep things that search the deep things. It's the spirit inside of you that has come alive and is connected face-to-face with the Holy Spirit in communion. So we have to pay attention because God is going to speak to us through our spirit. Not, not, you know, not the physical man, you know, and, 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 and a lot of times, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay, you know, people come to church and they go, I've got goosebumps and I feel, I feel wonderful. This is, uh, you know, it's elating. It's, it's wonderful to be here. But my question is, is what's the win? The win is, did we hear from God? What is God saying to you? True maturity is not, you know, of course, you're going to feel wet if you jump in a pool. But that doesn't mean you can swim. I went to church and felt God. Awesome. Okay? But the real win is like, how is your communion with God? Am I in communion with God? And so God is going to speak through the Holy Spirit. In fact, I'm going to, I'll finish with this and move on to the next point. But our spirit man, not God's Holy Spirit, but our spirit man has like a spirit body. It's not like a real body, but it's like our body that if something's wrong, like, you know, you get hurt, your hand gets hurt, there's an awareness. Your mind goes, oh, something's wrong here. Same thing. God is going to make, thing, make you aware through your, through your human spirit. So you go, man, I, I shouldn't have said that. I mean, they deserved it, but I shouldn't have said that. And now you feel guilty or conviction, okay? You, that's in your spirit. And the Holy Spirit's like, uh-uh. You know better. It's like there, check. In your spirit. And then you can try to dumb that down and die. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. The Bible says, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't quench it. He's there to guide you. He's there to lead you. He's there to protect you. Amen. Is this okay? All right. And then, and then, the, and then the third. I'm gonna give you one more, and then we'll move on to point number three. Another way that God speaks to us is through circumstances. For instance, Jonah is supposed to go to Nineveh. Go to Nineveh. Preach repentance. Okay, God, I'll be right there. Sure. God's like, uh, you're going the wrong way. Yeah. Um, about that. Why are you on a boat? <laughs> Storm comes, they throw him over the boat, large fish comes, swallows him. At some point he goes, okay, I must be doing the wrong thing. God's trying to get my attention. And maybe you've been there before, it's like every move you make is like wrong. 
And then you're like, every move I made. Okay, you know, he's been watching me. Uh, and, then, and then you're like, okay, I'm going to make it right. I got to get right. I got to get right. I got to get back on the right path. God has a way of speaking through circumstances. All right, number three, another reason that we do not hear from God. Are you ready? You can write this down on the back of your notes. Too many distractions. In 1967, there was a study done, and they, wanted, they were in a rural area. They weren't in the inner city, but they weren't out, way out, like in the desert. And they said, how long will it take for us to have one hour of no noise? One hour, no noise. No, no car, no honk, no door slamming, no, no plane flying over. In 1967, it took 15 hours to get one hour of no human noise. They did the same study in 2001. Guess how many hours it took? 18,000 hours before they could capture one hour of no human noise. Our world is buzzing with distractions and noise. Our world has accelerated with access points to information and entertainment. It's all around us. No wonder we don't hear from God. We are highly distracted. Luke chapter 10 and 38, I want to read you a, a story that I think will resonate with many of you. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, watch this, to listen to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And he said, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. Worried, distracted, busy. And Mary's like at his feet, I don't care about any of this stuff. And sometimes when my wife asks me to do dishes, I just read. No, I'm just kidding. I'd never, <laughs> never have done that. Just kidding. I tried it once, though. A dish flew. It was a flying saucer. So it was just uh, like UFO. Anyways, we're busy, we're busy, we're busy, we're busy, we're busy, and we're like, why are we not hearing from God? We haven't stopped to sit at his feet. Sit. When was the last time you just... Here I am. Sometimes I, honestly, this is going to sound funny, but sometimes I like to sneak in without anybody knowing. I like to just sit. Uh, either, either at home when the kids are gone, which is not very, is not normal, but if they're gone, I can do it. But sometimes I like sneak away, find a, a park bench, come in here, sit. And I need, I need like 10 minutes just to like, and then come into focus with God. Come into focus. Because whatever you value, what, if you value God's voice, then you'll make room for his voice. Remember the Shema, Shema Israel, Deuteronomy chapter 6, kind of the cornerstone of, of the Jewish and the Christian faith. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And you're to, you're, to, you're to put this on the doorpost of your house. You're to talk about it in the morning. You're to, you're to talk about it at breakfast. When you leave, when you come in, you're to mention this. This is to be the thing that you talk about. In fact, in, in that scripture, it says to put it on your forehead. And if you've ever seen a Hasidic Jew, they'll actually have this band and they'll have a little box and they'll actually have the Shema right here. 
And what it represents is putting God in the forethought or the foremost of your thinking, in the front of your thinking. Not in the back of your mind where the, the, beta, you know, the beta thoughts are going, but the alpha thoughts, the forethought, where I am here, I am thinking for, I, this is what I, I'm presently in this moment with God. A lot of us have God in the back burner. It's like, yeah, that thing about God, that thing about the scripture, that thing that he preached, but it's kind of back here. We never pause to bring it forward and sit in it and rest in it. That's called meditation. That wasn't an Eastern thing. That was a God thing where our minds get focused on his word and we allow God to pull up a table to the, to pull up a seat to the table of our faculties and commune and counsel with us. When was the last time you let God's word counsel with your mind? And your spirit. You gotta bring it in. Put God first and foremost. So when do you do it? A lot of people have a hard time with this because they're like, I was taught a long time ago that I'm supposed to I'm supposed to wake up at five in the morning, because that's when God speaks early in the morning. And I hate mornings. So God doesn't hear me when I pray in the afternoon. And here's what I tell people: I say, it is five in the morning somewhere on the planet. Okay? <laughs> You need to pray when you are at your best. For me, mornings, like I, I wake up, I'm here. And then like by the afternoon, by six o'clock, I can barely keep my eyes open. I'm like, babe, please don't tell me any vital information about anything after like six o'clock because I will not remember it. My wife is just the opposite. She gets going, and by 7 to 8 p.m., she's like, zzz, zzz, zzz. I wake up in the morning sometime, and the entire house is rearranged. A wall is painted. I'm like, when did you do this? She's like, 2 in the morning. <laughs> if you're a 2 in the morning person, like, that's when you need to meet with God. You're just, zzz, put God there. But you got to make that time. Get rid of distractions. Push it aside. God is in my thoughts. We have what we call weapons of mass distraction all around us. The average person, uh, young person under the age of 18, has a screen, whether it's a phone, computer, television, or whether it's a movie theater, has a screen in front of them seven hours out of the day, average, 18 and under. It's an epidemic. And we wonder why I can't hear God. I can't feel God. I feel so alone. Because your mind, you are, you are living life in autopilot. The focus of your faculties to put your attention and mind on God and stop. You've got to have that time with God. In fact, I will give you permission right now. I'll, I'll count to like 20 and give you permission to get your phone out and put on your calendar. Like, put it on your calendar. 6 o'clock, 6 a.m., I'm having a date with God. I'm making coffee a little bit earlier. I'm getting up and having a date with God. At lunch on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I'm not going to uh, hang with the boys. I'm going to go and get alone and just do a walk around the property, walk around the park, and just be alone with God. I don't care what it is. I see nobody moving, so I'm just assuming it's already done. So, uh, you know, wonderful, awesome. But you have permission, per, to, permission to make a date with God because there's too many distractions in our world. 2 Corinthians 7 and 1 says this, 
with promises like this to pull us on, pull, pull us on, dear friends, let us make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us, both within and without, within and without. Number four, number four, and this will be my last point. We don't hear because we really don't prep. We don't really prep ourselves to hear God's voice. You remember the, the, the parable of the four soils? There were four different soils. The word was the seed, but it was the condition of the ground, not the seed. Nobody goes to Home Depot, gets seed for the garden, and goes, I wonder if this will work. Nobody does that. Has anybody ever got a warranty on your, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plant a pumpkin seed. I wonder if this thing, you know what I mean? No one does that. You know that if the conditions are right, that seed is going to blossom. Right amount of sun, right amount of environment, prep the ground. Guess what? You're going to have a harvest. Environment, preparation, prepping your heart. You know why we pray and worship before the word? We're prepping our hearts, getting ready for the word, getting ready to hear from God. We're prepping, we're prepping, we're prepping, we're prepping. Exodus chapter 19 and 10. Watch this. And the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day because on that day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. This is verse 19. Moses spoke and the voice of God answered him. He said, we're going to prepare ourselves because God is going to speak. We're going to wash ourselves. We're going to get our hearts ready. We're going to get ready so we can hear God. I don't want there to be junk in my life. I don't want there to be a mess in my life. And I bet you if I was to take a survey and some of you would say, you know what? I remember when God used to speak to me a lot. I guarantee you in that season when it seemed like God was just talking all the time, which he still does but it seemed like he was talking more because you were picking up the signals, I guarantee you it was in a season of prayer and fasting and focus. And you're like, yeah, I was, I was fasting twice a week and I was praying and I was in the word more. And it was like God was talking. It's not like God goes, okay, you've been a saint now for two years. I'm gonna go ahead and step back because I've got other people to attend to. It's all about the preparation. It's all about the condition of our heart. So the question is, are we preparing our hearts? Acts 13 and 2. While they, were, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, as they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, wow, as they were worshiping and fasting, as they were worshiping and fasting, I want to hear from God. How bad do you want to hear from God? Worshiping and fasting. I want to hear from God. Worshiping and fasting. And I'm not saying that you have to go on a fast every time you need to hear from God. I'm just saying there's a preparation. Because the preparation is connected to the expectation. And expectation is what moves God. Amen? So I'm going to close with this. Isaiah 55 and 9. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know why this verse is so important? I've got 
two more to read out of this. But I'm going to stop right here. You know why you need to know God's word and have him speak and lead and guide your life? Because the truth is, you and I will never really know. We don't have the vantage point to be able to discern what is the best. We don't. Let me give you an example. There was a, a, a guy who, who owned a, a ranch, who was a rancher, and he had a horse, a beautiful horse, and one day the horse escaped. And the horse goes away, and the neighbor comes by, hobbles by, and says, man, that's bad luck right there. The guy said, I guess so. A week later, that horse comes back with 12 other horses, puts them in the crowd there, and they're all, wow, this is amazing. Neighbor comes by, waddles in, says, wow, all this must be good luck. Rancher says, guess so. Well, the rancher's youngest son was working with one of the new horses that had come, and he fell and broke his leg. And so the neighbor comes by and looks and says, man, I guess all this was just bad luck. Well, then a week later, a gang comes by trying to recruit young men to get into this, this big fight in the, the county, in the area. And they come by the house, and the boy has a broken leg. He can't fight. They go on. Neighbor comes by and says, Oh, man, this all must have been good luck. And you can see where this goes on and on and on forever. Who really knows what's right and wrong? Who really, How do you know? Well, it yielded quick, good, joy, and good things. How do we really know what is right and wrong for our lives? I don't have the wherewithal. I don't have the perspective or the insight. I need God whose view is a little bit bigger than mine. His ways are way above my ways. His thoughts above my thoughts as the earth to the heavens. How can you even measure that? The size of the cosmos. We can't even wrap our mind around the size of the cosmos. How can we wrap our mind around the mind of God? I need his direction. And then it says this. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and make it bud and flourish. We'll stop right there. I love this. Because the word of God comes as the rain and the snow. Because he says this in the next verse. So that you'll see the sower, the bread, and the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. He said, my word is like rain and my word is like snow. What does that mean? That is so confusing. Sometimes the word goes out and the earth receives it immediately. But sometimes the conditions are not right. And it just sits right on top of the earth, cold. It's still there. It's been spoken over you. It's just, it's just snow. But once the conditions change, it begins to melt and go into the earth and produce what it was called to produce. Some of you have snow. Word of God resting on your life, waiting for a condition change so that word can go deep into your nature and change you. The condition of your heart and the condition of your life will determine the destiny of your soul. I want to tell you today that we got to prepare ourselves to hear God's word. Amen? Amen. Would you stand to your feet with me? Right where you are, would you close your eyes and bow your head?
Just give us one moment. Just give us one moment. Be a good neighbor. We're going to just say a prayer. It's going to take 60 seconds. If you'll just bow your head for just a moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment. I thank you that your word is living and breathing. I know that you're speaking and you're doing a new thing in us. I pray, God, that you would help our awareness of your word to come alive. Lord, we're preparing our hearts. We're preparing our minds. We're coming back into communion with the Holy Spirit so we can know the mind of Christ. I want to know you, Lord. I want to know you, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. Give me the ability and the ears to hear. Let he that has ears hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Awaken us today. Awaken us out of sleep today. Awaken our hearts. Awaken our lives in Jesus' name. Name we pray. And everybody, would you shout amen?